Welcome to the Alliance Sacred Alchemy podcast. I'm Raspreet Sagu, and I teach you how to manifest in a way that actually works for you and leads you to your soul's path and purpose by creating your own customized manifesting framework without the believe it and achieve it or think positive and vibe high mindset stuff that doesn't really take into account your lived experiences. If you're a conscious creator and ready to live your wildest dreams instead of just fantasizing about them or trying to manifest them, then listen on as I bring spiritual principles to life through grounded experiences and real life situations so you can be in a state of receiving and courageously manifest in and on purpose. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Alliance Sacred Alchemy podcast and today we're going to be talking about avoiding self-sabotage through compassionate self-coaching. Now what do I mean by self-coaching and more importantly why does it matter in the realms of manifesting? Well what I mean by the self-coaching is the inner work, the deep inner work, the self-inquiry that is required so that you don't keep avoiding the real work that's going to give you the breakthrough that you're after. A little later in this episode, I'm going to share with you one of the processes that I take my clients through, whether they're working with me on a one-to-one basis or in the Translate community, this is something that we deepen our skill set with. So I actually teach you how to do it for yourself. You're going to get a taster of what that's like here in a little bit so that you can see the kind of work and the depth of work that's required to unwind the generations of programming that is keeping you stuck, that is keeping your manifestations just out of arm's length and how you get to change that. So stay tuned for that coming up. In my Translate community, this is something that I focus on a lot, where I teach you tools to identify the cultural patterns of victim energy and victim mode, and then teach you the skill set that it requires, because it is a skill set, and it's a very important skill set, which we'll talk about in a bit of how to self-coach in an effective way without bypassing your real-time emotional and physical needs. And this is, like I said, such a vital skill to have that I have an entire module dedicated to this skill alone in the Translate community, and we practice this skill. Because it's not always the airy-fairy, attract what you desire, Think it and believe it and then it will happen. And don't worry about how you're actually feeling BS that creates the shift. All right. And if you've tried all of those things and you've tried your vision boards and you've tried your affirmations and all of that and haven't manifested what you really want, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So let's unpack this and give you a few tips on what you can do and the kind of things you should be looking at to avoid that self-sabotage, and how to step into a more kind way of self-inquiry and self-coaching, a more compassionate way, so you're not beating yourself up or punishing yourself for getting it wrong or for being broken or for needing fixing in some way, but you're approaching manifesting from a completely different energy, one that is from the energy of love, of joy, of bliss, 
of excitement, of curiosity, and all the things that are really going to enhance the way that you uniquely manifest. In this episode, I really want you to grasp how you get to clean up that white noise of other people's thoughts, their beliefs, their expectations, their judgments, their criticisms, all the things that can cloud our creative blueprint and our creative life force which inhibits you from creating in the way that you're designed to, in the way that comes so naturally for you, all right? How you can step out of that, clean up that white noise and step into your creative flow. So the first thing you have to understand is that it requires a skill that you need. As I said before, it is not just the law of attraction and everything they teach you in the secret and things like that that are going to help you particularly if you're a person of color and you're listening to this and you have had internalized systems of oppression that you have been operating from not just from this lifetime but for generations meaning that this spans back generations from your ancestors so these things are so deeply embedded within you that it's kind of been normalized. It's kind of like, oh, that's just the way it is. That's how life is. This is how it's meant to be. And we have adopted that internalized system within us, internalized it, and then are operating from that when we're trying to manifest and wondering why it's not working. All right. So one of the things that I will see time and time again with clients is that if their dream is too far of a leap, then they don't believe that they can have that thing, okay? And so to go from where you're at currently to where you want to be headed to can be a massive leap. And most people will automatically, by default, go to the closest timeline that's available to them, right? And the closest timeline that's available to you may not actually be your desired future, but instead, maybe it's not that dream job that you have or that promotion, but it's the job that you're in now where you're content. And so that's the nearest timeline that's accessible to you, right? It may not be the living situation that you've dreamt about, your dream home and the lifestyle in which you wish to lead your life, but it may be the living situation that you've grown accustomed to and comfortable to right now. And all of these are because of this lens of perception that you have of how you view and experience the outside world, how you view and experience even yourself, which is coloring what is accessible to you. Therefore, this skill that I'm talking about, that I nurture, that I teach and guide my community is the skills that are needed in real time, when the shit hits the fan, when things happen in your life, like when your kid is doing the exact opposite thing that you told them to do 300,000 times before to stop doing and you're beginning to lose the plot. Or when your other half didn't do that thing you'd ask because they weren't listening when you gave them the specific details. Or What about when you have a massive argument with your family because you don't want to hand over all control of your life to them and maybe you're resisting? What about the drama that ensues then? Or when your manager asks you to stay in for overtime or piles on more work for you but refuses to sign off that couple of days of holiday that you need? 
Like, you know, that real-time human drama that most of us encounter at some point in our life. What is that for you? Just tune in and notice what is the drama that you're currently moving through. You know, the human, real life, this is what my life is right now, not my desired future kind of stuff right now. And this is what I'm feeling. And allow yourself to feel whatever emotions you're being flooded with right now as you think of what that drama is for you. I think that a lot of times people misunderstand the mainstream manifesting methods to be just about vibing high, having a good mindset and having an ultra descriptive and specific laundry list of everything you'd like to call in. But if like me, you've ever done all of that before and you still haven't had much success with it, then listen on because I'm going to give you some real life examples inspired by some coaching that I took one of the members of my Translate community through and hopefully this will help shed some light for you with whatever you're moving through right now in this season of your life. So just as a preface, I won't be sharing specific details of issues that I coach on within the community, but I will share the golden nuggets that may help you in your quest to manifest your bigger vision. A lot of the times, the underlying energy of the things that people desire in life is usually freedom. It's the liberation from their pain, their suffering. It's the liberation from the identities and the roles that they've been expected to play all of their lives. It's the liberation from the mundane, monotonous existence rather than actually living their life. It's the liberation from the nine to five to do something that enlivens their spirit and helps them to leave a legacy that long outlives them after they've gone. So when my clients come to me, it's usually because they've been asking the questions of, what's the point of life? What's my purpose? What am I even doing here? Who even am I? How do I fit into this world, into this family, in this community, in this industry, in this relationship, on this career path? What is the point of me even being alive right now? If you can relate to any of these or a version of these, then this episode may help you to shine a torch on some things for you, some really eye-opening things. So lean in and listen. What most folks don't realize is that the freedom that they seek, that underlying energy that underpins whatever they want to physically manifest, whether that's a soulmate, whether that's the deepening of a already existing soulmate relationship to have that soulmate connection, whether it's more harmony in their relationships or more money or more success in your career or better health, like literally you can apply this to anything. So you insert into this whatever it is that you are wishing to call in to your life right now. Notice if the underlying energetic frequency of that is freedom for you. It may not be. And it may be freedom along with something else. But when you start to distill it, the common denominator seems to be freedom in some way, shape or form. And to have freedom, you need to release all judgments. And that especially includes the judgments that we have towards ourselves. Because you cannot 
release the judgments of others until you address this first. And this is why the skill building of being able to be self-compassionate while you are doing the self-coaching and the deep inner work to address this is so vital in all of this. When you learn the skill of coaching yourself to let go of the judgments in real time, you'll start to see how we are all works in progress and masterpieces at the same time. You'll start to see yourself and others through the lens of true kindness, of true compassion, of deep love. You'll start to notice the best in others around you and in yourself. And that shift alone is golden because it will help you to embody the joy, the love, the bliss, the hope, all the higher frequency emotions that so many people try to fake by doing the surface level stuff, like only reciting your affirmations or just doing the mindset work on its own without really knowing the skill to integrate that into your life. So it infuses every cell, molecule and atom of your being. So it infuses your energetic field. So it infuses the way that you are speaking, the way that you hold yourself, the way that you move your body. Everything about it starts to embed in every aspect of its life. That's where you adopt the new identity and radiate that energy without even having to do a single damn thing. Okay? Because when you are just doing the things on the surface level, all of that work may help, but it won't be sustainable. And it certainly won't allow you to anchor that energy deeply and anchor all those higher frequency emotions in a lasting way. So you may have temporary relief, you may feel temporarily on a high, you're blissful, you're hopeful, you've, you know, activated possibilities and now you think that anything's possible for you, but it will be short-lived. Think back to all the times where you've felt this way. Maybe you've had an amazing healing session. Maybe you've done an amazing, intricate, very detailed vision board and you're really feeling and steeped in that energy. How long have you been able to stay in that state though? What happens when you walk out of that session and then you're confronted with someone who is just hell-bent on making a life hell. Someone who refuses to give up their seat or demands that you give up your seat on the bus, on the train, and then creates a whole commotion about it. Or you walk out of that healing session and right into a loved one who doesn't believe in all of this stuff and is wondering why you're wasting so much money because these healers, they're just charlatans and you're a sucker because you keep going to them over and over again and you're not really seeing any results anyway, right? Or you walk out of that class that you've had, that empowering class or that three-day weekend transformational course that you did or that workshop that you did where you feel on top of the world and everything's possible and then you're back to real life where the kids are screaming, where you've got your daily nine to five job, where people are telling you you're getting on a bit. When are you going to have kids or when are you going to get married or when is that next milestone that you're after? You know, the thing that I'm talking about. What about then? 
Are you able to sustain that energy? Because if you aren't, that could be a reason why you're not creating the change that you're actually asking for. So let's talk a little bit about how to flip this around without bypassing your true emotional state and honoring your lived experience as well as your desired lifestyle, because those elements are all required. That is the recipe for success with your manifesting, right? Because we are hardwired as humans to judge ourselves. That is just part of us. We're actually conditioned to compare and compete with each other. Survival of the fittest, it is like a primal thing that we do. And then when you add upon all of that, the layers of the internalized oppression, the patriarchy, the internalized traumas, the colonialism, the capitalism, and all the other isms, all the other systems of oppression that are intentionally designed to keep you stuck in judgment and therefore limited, then can you see how deeply embedded this pattern is within the vast majority of the population? You're literally taught to compare yourself against the gold standard from a young age. The schooling system, for example, further instills this through how they make assessments on how good of a student you are. Or, in other words, how compliant you are. How much of a follower you are. This reminds me of an example where my daughter was called up during parents' evening. We, Me and my husband went to parents' evening and her teacher was like, you know, Gia's a really bright kid, she's super intelligent, and um, there's one thing, she doesn't like to follow instructions. Now, I kind of take this with a grain of salt when I hear people saying that my children don't follow instructions because it's a balancing act for parents, right? Because as parents... Yes, you absolutely want to have that leadership and that ability to guide them, not necessarily force them into doing things. Not if you're a conscious parent, which me and my husband, we are. We're very conscious of how we bring up our children because we're very conscious about the cultural imprinting that we have grown up with and we do not want the same for our children. But then there's this fine line of how do you bring up their internal leadership and allow them also to be safe in an environment where following the instructions will actually serve them. So anyway, back to this complaint that her teacher had about her. She gave an example. She said that when they were asked as a class to open up their books on a certain page and then they had to make notes and they were asked or they were instructed rather to write the date and then the title of whatever piece of work that they were working on. And what Gia did was she wrote the title first and then the date. And when the teacher called her up on it, Gia responded, well, what's the difference? Why does it matter what order that I've put it in? I've done both things. So what's the problem? Now, when I heard this from the teacher, like the conscious parent within me was having a good old chuckle inside because I was like, that is exactly the leader that I am bringing my child up to be. So of course she's going to do things her way. But this is what I mean is we laughed about it. We joked about it. And her teacher understood. And she said, yeah, I didn't have a leg to stand on. I mean, she brings up a very good point. But the fact is she's not following instructions. So 
These schooling systems have been set up for you to learn, i.e. be conditioned to, follow an external authority without question. Do what you're told, not what you want to. So it's really limiting your ability to think critically for yourself. It's limiting how much you trust yourself over trusting external authorities. So is it any wonder that we go through life being taught to judge ourselves and compare ourselves? Because what happens when Gia's being compared in this instance to her classmates, she's being compared to the ones that are compliant. And so that's the way that she gets motivated. That's the way that most people are and have the experience in the schooling system, maybe even at home, and maybe you might relate to this yourself, is when you compare yourself to someone who is doing what this person in authority wants you to do as well, but you're not doing. I remember growing up, how many of you were compared to your cousins? You know, the ones that just did all the things. They knew how to cook. They were learning this musical instrument. They were going to ballet class and doing this and excelling in their careers as well and going on to have university level educations, getting their PhDs. I know that was a thing in my family growing up where you were compared to your peers, to your cousins, right? So if you can relate to any of this, this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about these internalized systems of oppression. And then when you have on top of all of this, you have the societal expectations of the success markers that give you the status in community. You know, things like in a brown community, I grew up with the success markers like being married by a certain age, having a certain level of income, being educated to a certain level of education, owning your own home by a certain age, having kids in the correct timeline. And that list goes on and on and on. And it seems like each time you hit one of those success markers, the goalposts suddenly change. I remember when I was first looking for my soulmate, it was like, oh my God, the pressure's really on. Oh, you're getting on a bit. You're getting old. You're not a spring chicken. It's slim pickings for you right now. You can't be so fussy, Ras. Why are you being so fussy? You can't afford to reject these people, right? And then finally, when I got married, immediately it was like, oh, when are you having kids now? That's the next thing on the timeline. Like that's the next success marker because it's not enough for what you've already done. Now, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And then we had my daughter. And then after that, it was, oh, when are you having the second one? It was like this judgment of how dare you only bring one child into the world because don't you know that that child being an only child is going to be lonely and have no one after you've died, you know? And it's stuff like that that I'm talking about where the the goalposts continually change. So it always feels like you're comparing yourself against people who have already achieved what you haven't yet been able to achieve. And so what happens? What is the result of this consistent and constant comparison? Well, that is exactly what breeds competition. And then the competition is what breeds greed, which breeds the power struggle. And that creates rivalries. It creates wars. It creates living in the fear of lack and living in that not enoughness energy. 
Like I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I haven't got the qualifications to do that thing I really want to do. I don't have enough money in my bank account to follow my dreams. I don't have what it takes to be in a soulmate relationship. My body isn't enough in some way. I'm too fat. I'm too thin. Like all of those things are symptoms of this consistent comparison, the internalized depression, which funnels into your manifesting framework, whether you realize it or not. So it's not the tools that aren't working for you necessarily. It may not be your mindset. It could be all these internalized things. And that, people, is the reason why I have dedicated an entire module on this skill that I think is so important for each and every one of us to start cultivating of interrupting that pattern through compassion, not judgment, not further instigating the problem and adding to the judgment and adding to the criticism. Because you think about it, each time that you have quote unquote failed to manifest what you wanted to, even though you did all the things, how much judgment does it take for you to decide or for you to arrive at the conclusion that you failed at something? Or to arrive at the conclusion that that coach wasn't good enough or that healer wasn't good enough or that modality didn't work for you or whatever excuses that you're using, that requires a ton of judgment. And each time that you're judging something or someone else, whether it's the modality, whether it's the healing practice, whether it's yourself, it takes up a lot of energy. Energy that you could be directing towards actually creating what you're asking for. But all that energy is now tied up in the judgments and the criticisms. A lot of my clients grapple with really believing that they're good enough just as they are because of these harsh judgments and this inner narrative that they've got constantly playing in their mind. And this constant narrative that they've got going on, playing endlessly in on loop over and over again, colors everything that they're doing. They may be using the exact tools for manifesting that are going to be brilliant for them. But this one thing, this one energy that they haven't quite been able to shift is the energy with which they're initiating taking the action or using those tools. And that filters into the experience that they create with that. Right? So many of my clients have already done the the mindset work. They've done tons of it. They've done loads of work around their worthiness and their self-value or their confidence. And they're still spinning their wheels. I did that for the longest time. I was stuck in that. And I'm going to share with you exactly what you need to work on to unwind the generations of programming that keeps all of this in place and stops you from really moving forward. Because once you truly understand this, when you deeply grasp this concept and then start to approach creating any kind of intentional change with this at the forefront, everything becomes easier. Everything starts to shift. Everything starts to make sense. All right. So 
pay attention, lean in. And as I go along, I invite you to use the examples that I'm about to share and apply them into your own life and whatever it is that you are currently struggling with. And then take the time to reflect on what I'll be sharing and see what shifts for you. Notice it, pay attention to it. As always, I love, love, love hearing from you all. So feel free to drop a comment below with any insights that you have or DM me on Instagram and let me know what's going on for you and what you became aware of. So one of the questions that I asked my client who was dealing with some anger in her life where there was a lot of anger, there was a situation that was causing frustration, it was causing anger. And so I'm going to be focusing on anger. Anger is an emotion that a lot of us are so afraid of, but actually it's such a valuable emotion to have. Anger to me, now that I have really leaned into it and learned how to connect with my anger, and it's taken me years to do this, it's not something that comes overnight because we're taught that anger is a bad emotion. I know I certainly was. I was told, you're too hot-headed. You need to tone down your anger. Nobody likes an angry girl. And as a brown girl, you are never meant to express your anger, right? So I grew up with a lot of conditioning around anger. And I'm, as I'm sure that a lot of you will be able to relate to. So when anger for me now comes up to the surface and I'm actually feeling it and I'm allowing myself to feel the anger rather than bypassing it and trying to write three things that I'm grateful for so that I can forget about my anger and pretend it's not there and fake to the universe that I'm actually joyful, I'm actually grateful because I'm climbing up that ladder of emotional frequencies, right? I'm vibing high when really what I'm doing is I'm internalizing and suppressing that anger so that it can explode in another instance, okay? Or it can manifest as an illness or it can manifest as some other crap I attract into my life because it's there just because I've swept it under the carpet doesn't mean it's gone away, right? Once I started to get a handle on my anger and really feel it, really allow myself to lean into it, be uncomfortable with the anger and don't care that it, my being angry offends or upsets the people around me. Now, I say this with a caveat. I don't mean to say that just because you're angry it justifies you being violent or it justifies you harming another person in any way, shape or form, okay? That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying that you allow yourself in a safe space to really feel that anger. Because when you do, it will tell you that there is something that has been embedded deeply in your unconscious mind that is starting to come up to the surface asking for your attention so that you can release it, okay? So for now, bring up a situation that triggers anger for you. Anger or frustration or whatever negative emotion that is being triggered for you at this time. What is that emotion for you? And replace that emotion with anger. If it's not anger, then it may be sadness. It may be grief. It may be a sense of loss. It may be disappointment. It may be betrayal. Like you work with whatever you're working through right now and insert that wherever I'm using the emotion anger, wherever I'm saying that, okay? 
and ask yourself, reflect with these questions. Is it true that the anger is yours? And you may get a sense of, yeah, I feel like the anger is mine. And also I'm getting the sense that it's not mine and that I've absorbed it from the people around me. Maybe it's from your parents. Maybe you don't know who it comes from or this emotion, who it comes from. You're just aware that it isn't all yours. It might be all yours and it may not be. Just notice what you notice. And notice anywhere you're trying to conceal the anger. Where are you diluting it? Where are you dumbing it down? Where are you hiding from it yourself? Where are you trying to conceal that you're actually angry about that situation because that's not an emotion that you should be feeling because you should know better. Maybe you're a healer. Maybe you've done this work already. Therefore, you should know better, right? And not that I'm suggesting in any way that you are doing this, but it's always good to just check in. Sometimes there's this tendency of, I should know better because, like I said, you've done the work, you're well-versed in all of this, etc., etc. So tune in to where are you denying yourself, really owning it. And if it feels like it isn't all yours, then just focus on the parts that are yours. And one way to approach this as a self-inquiry with compassion and coach yourself out of it in real time is to just take a breath. Take a breath, allow yourself to ground and then zoom out of the situation, whatever it is. So the situation may be something that's happening in real time right in front of you, a physical thing that you're moving through, an argument, a fight, um, some kind of betrayal or disappointment, a confrontation, whatever it is. Or it could be something that you're conjuring up in your mind. Either way, this is how you get to do this work in real time. Take a breath. That allows you to come back into the present moment and then zoom out. By that, I mean look at it from a a perspective of someone who's simply witnessing whatever's going on and not actually involved in the situation. What is the actual circumstance here? What is actually going on? What are the facts that are going on? The circumstance, the current reality itself is going to be totally neutral. There's not going to be an emotional charge attached to it. Whatever the experience in and of itself is, it's going to have no emotional charge. It's just going to be facts. What are the facts of what is going on here? So in the case of a lot of my clients, it may be as simple as it's healing or it's transformation or it's this particular methodology. Then you're going to start looking at what thoughts do I have that pertain to this situation? What are the immediate reactive thoughts that I have that are connected to this circumstance that I am moving through right now? Those thoughts that you have, the reactive thoughts, the first thoughts that enter your mind as you ask yourself this question, are the ones 
that are going to be creating the charge because connecting to those thoughts are the emotions that you have. So it may not be as straightforward as I know the immediate thought. You may feel the emotion before you arrive at the thought and that's okay. Just go and trust whatever you're getting, trust it. Because it's the actual emotion that are tethered to those thoughts, which is linked to the situation you're moving through, that are creating the emotional and energetic charge. All right. For example, let's exemplify this. The thought that comes up when you've done some healing work and it's not worked and you're angry, for example, could be that every time I do a healing, it just gets worse. Things get triggered. Healing brings up more crap in my life and it's not working for me. All right. So those may be some of the thoughts that you have, which are attached to the circumstance. The circumstance when you're zooming out of the situation is the healing work that you're doing. Now, the healing work or the methodology or the processes you're using to manifest don't actually carry a charge. Do you see that? The situation, the circumstance, the current reality here are the facts. The fact here is when I do this healing work, it brings up stuff, right? So now you want to go deeper. So using this example, if I was to go deeper, I would be asking questions like, how do those thoughts make me feel? And I would really tune into what am I feeling? Is it anger? Is it frustration? Is it hopelessness? Is it a sense of overwhelm? Is it a, a sense of failure? What is that emotion? And you may perceive many, many different emotions. If that's the case, what I'd invite you to do is, which one stands out most for you? Which one feels like it's the most charged for you? And focus in on that. You want to make this process really simple. So you're going to stick to one thought and maybe pick a couple of emotions connected to that one thought. And any other thoughts that you have that come up, because you may have multiple thoughts, you can repeat this process, okay? You're going to look at what action you're taking as a result of those thoughts and feelings. Notice what patterns you see. Where else are you seeing these patterns showing up in your life? So you may be feeling anger. You may be feeling rejection, for example, right? And the patterns that you may see linked to the actions you're taking, for example, if you're trying to attract a soulmate. And the patterns you see out of the anger and frustration and the hopelessness that you're feeling is that you're just not putting yourself out there. Or you are putting yourself out there, but you're initiating that contact with somebody else or that opening up of that app, that dating app, or the meeting up on a singles night. Whatever action piece you're taking to create the reality of having your soulmate and manifesting your soulmate is actually being initiated through the feelings and the thought of anger and frustration and hopelessness, maybe overwhelm, maybe disappointment. And so the pattern that you're seeing is that the action you take is you close yourself off. You put your barriers up. You make it really hard for someone to really get to know you because you've had all these disappointments before, right? 
because you're still carrying the emotional charge of previous betrayals, perhaps. Then start asking the question of, where am I noticing these patterns in my life? Like, where else do I notice them? How are they showing up in my bank account? How are these patterns of rejection or of putting my barriers up, of not putting myself out there, of hiding myself away? Where else are they showing up in my life? How else are they showing up in your other relationships? How else are they showing up in the work that you do? How else are they showing up in your parenting? How else are they showing up in your career path? And get super, super curious. And you're doing this without any judgment. Okay, remember you've zoomed out and you're looking at this situation as a witness. So you're not part of it. You're just watching from the heavens above, right? And then you're going to ask yourself, what does this all remind me of? What does this situation, these feelings, these emotions, what does it remind me of in my life? And you may be taken back to a previous experience. You may be taken back to an experience you witnessed your parents going through or your family or you know that happened with your ancestors perhaps. What does this remind you of? And you're going to connect to that part of you, that aspect of your energy, of your soul, of your higher self, whatever you want to call that, with kindness, with compassion, with deep care, as if you were a loving, deeply caring friend. How would you speak to someone that came to you with that problem and was feeling the way that you were feeling and you were offering words of love and wisdom? What does that aspect of you need right now? Honor that. Sometimes it's not the healing that you need, at least not in the way that you think you need it. It's just to be witnessed in whatever you're going through. Sometimes it may be the somatic stuff to process those emotions on a cellular level and loosen the grip of the oppressed trauma or the systems of oppression that is at the root of these patterns. These are all things that I teach you and I give you real life practical tools to move through. So when you're hit with a situation like this, you know which tools you have designed intentionally in your manifesting framework to help you out of this, right? Sometimes you may feel like it's, I just need rest. I'm just exhausted. It's physical rest. Maybe you just don't have the bandwidth to do anything. I have clients all the time in my Translate community saying to me, but Ras, I just can't do anymore. I just simply don't have the bandwidth. There's just so much trauma. There's just so much of other stuff going on in my life. I don't have the time and I just don't have the willpower to do this right now. I'm exhausted. And in that space, I teach you how to honor that and how to discern whether it's self-sabotage, unconscious self-sabotage, or it's actually exactly what you need. There's going to be a difference. Too much to get into now, but if you want to know and you want to learn the tools, you're more than welcome to join us on Translate. There's a whole resource magic vault that I call it where you will have tools, you will have trainings, you will have access to monthly coaching where I talk exactly through this. 
and we personalize it. We customize it to your experience. What's happening with your brain, how your brain processes these experiences and these emotions, how your body processes them, how you connect with your specific intuition, how your intuition speaks to you. So you can bring all of that up, tie it all up with a neat bow into your personalized, customized manifesting framework. Okay, so you start to identify the cultural patterns of the victim energy, the victim modes that you might have been operating from and interrupt that pattern by coaching yourself out of it so you can have all the big visions that you might be thinking right now, oh, they're way beyond me. It's just out of my reach. It's not possible for me right now because you cannot access that timeline in this moment, all right? Because when you make that leap and you're able to access that timeline, that's when the things slot into place and then you can bring that timeline into your current reality. One of the things that I say to my clients all the time is that it's okay to rest. Your internalized capitalism, the internalized colonialism, the patriarchy, the misogyny may tell you otherwise. They all will have you constantly proving yourself by doing things just to demonstrate your value and your commitment. Sod that for a laugh. This is how we slowly but surely dismantle all those systems internally and step into that new paradigm, that new way of being, that new identity that is required to pull in the reality that you are currently seeking, that currently feels like it's just out of reach. That's how you can still be in your mess, in your humanness, not fully healed, not having the perfect abundance mindset or love mindset and all of those things and still create what you are craving in your life. That's how you can still experience the ups and downs of life, the depressions and the anxieties that life's plot twists can often bring your way and still create what you are craving for in your life. And this, my lovely listeners, is how you get to clean up that white noise of others' thoughts, beliefs, their expectations, their projections, and connect back to your creative flow. So you can open up the energy to create what you are wishing to create in your life and open up the space and the safety to receive it. And this is exactly the work that we're doing on Translate. So if this sounds like something you would like to be a part of, then I would love to see you in my community. You can join. I will leave a link in the show notes where you can join, where we, I will be teaching you how to manifest in and on purpose. So it's not just about manifesting for the sake of having all of this stuff, for the sake of impressing other people. Because how many times have you tried to manifest something because you think it's going to impress someone else? If those are your drivers, that might be why you're not manifesting. This is really about getting to grips and identifying without any judgment, without any criticism, what are your soul desires. And when you identify that, you inevitably will step into your life's path and purpose. 
inevitably. And when you are on your life's path and purpose, and you're manifesting from that space, then you will create magic that you never even considered was possible for you. All right? So I hope that episode has been useful. I would love to hear from you. But for now, I'm going to leave it there. That's a lot for you to take in if you want more of these gems, more of these pearls of wisdom and more resources, tools and guidance to do this for yourself, then do join Translate or come and join my email community. I will also drop the link of joining my email community. I regularly reach out to them with gems like this. And so I hope to see you in one place or another. Say hi to me on Instagram if you're there and I will speak to you soon. Take care and happy creating.